Hello and welcome everybody to the Jury Daily program for January 6, 2020. So, before we get started, let me tell you guys a little story. It was probably about 10 years ago that I made a decision. I wanted to get good at one mic programming. I did this for a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to be able to stand on my own. I, to that point, had done you know, NSFW with Brian. I had done weird things uh, with Brian and Andrew, and I had worked with Andrew Main on a billion different projects, but I didn't have my own voice. And so a one mic format seemed to be something that could get me there. And it did. I started the jury Friday show, which uh, would come after the end of the TMS week. It was live. I believe it was on Justin TV long before. Well, Twitch might have existed, but Justin TV was still a thing. I think I streamed it there for the first time. And it was terrible. You know, Brian's fond of saying that you, if you want to get good at something, then learn to be comfortable with being bad at something. Uh, and the element of you that's not comfortable being bad that's not fueling you to go forward, that's that little kernel that you need to understand so you can start to be good. Since then, the jury show has gone from a live show to a sporadic live show to a live podcast to now a daily podcast. Or at least daily, like TMS is daily, where it's, uh, you know, uh, four days a week. It's not a stretch to say that it has been a core element of me being able to make a living in podcasting. It was through the jury podcast that I spun off politics, politics, politics. And now from politics, 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 I've spun off Raise the Dead. When I spun off politics, politics, politics as a way, theoretically, to kind of separate my political points of view from the more pop culture points of view. I initially thought and I said on the show that this was only going to be something that lasted until the end of the 2016 election. And then the 2016 election happened and the world needed more political content. So it kept going. From that point, the point that I knew that we were going to keep going with PX3, I always knew that 2020 was going to be a key year. Political celebrity, political notoriety goes in cycles, like the elections. And oftentimes what happens is you build up enough good faith and then you can take things to the next level when everybody's eyes are on the election. Now, some of you might know where this is going. 
So let's just go ahead and and rip the Band-Aid off. Over the holiday, I started looking at my schedule. And not just the schedule of how much I'm going to be traveling, but also my daily schedule. And that kind of compounded with the fact that I wasn't, I haven't really been happy with my effort on this show for uh, about three months. I, I, I kind of felt that I was phoning it in. Thank God I have the Discord. Thank God I have you guys because the the, the fact that, that this show has really just become me giving uh, sometimes like three sentence summaries of stories that you guys scour the web for is just a gift. But this week, we're going to go until Thursday, will be the last of this phase of Jury Daily. I'm going to try and concentrate everything I can on creating more and better PX3 content, more and better Raise the Dead content. This... I think is is necessary for me to continue to grow. Now, what will happen to this feed? I'm still going to keep it, and I haven't ruled out posting things to it. Because every once in a while, I do have, you know, I have pop culture opinions. I've got uh, uh, opinions about movies and TV shows and sports. I still want to have this, and if you guys want to hear me, then I hope you will be happy when periodically I pop into your feed. But there's an expectation to a daily show, and I don't feel like I would be able to meet it. As for the Patreon, uh, I'll be I'll be putting that into hibernation, so nobody's gonna get charged for. January. I just want to say this. Know that you, the jury listeners, are very, very, very dear to me. And you are the ones that were there the earliest. And I know that these kinds of things are disappointing. But we will go out with a good week and you never know what the future holds. Let's get into the news. News! If you do win an award tonight, Don't use it as a a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. So... That, of course, was comedian, writer, actor Ricky Gervais, the host of the Golden Globe Awards last night. He has hosted five times and 
<laughs> he keeps saying this is going to be his last, but if he keeps making a bunch of headlines, it's going to be hard for it, for it to be his last because people actually watch the stupid awards. And in this day and age, when it's so hard to get anybody to watch anything live these days, hell, it used to be sports. Sports used to be the only thing that you could make sure people would watch live for. Now even that's declining. So if you're talking about a bunch of celebrities, uh, you know, getting awards for movies and television shows that most people didn't see. And the Golden Globes is certainly an even more egregious offender of this because they do a lot of foreign stuff. Well, you better have somebody up there making fun of the celebrities because that's the only reason people are going to go see it. There's no glamour anymore. Nobody cares. Everybody is, is, is jaded to the idea that it, it matters when the stars of stage and screen come together. Yeah, it's fun. But nothing that you can't catch on Twitter. Nothing that you can't see on YouTube the day afterward. There's no urgency to it. Here's what I would do if I were NBC. I would go to the FCC and I would say, Hey, look, if we put big disclaimers, can we let him say the F word? One F word. Would you tune in if Ricky Gervais says, I have one F word that I'm going to say during this telecast? That would be TV. Of course, you tease it in the monologue, maybe, right? Then you have to keep watching because every time he comes out and reintroduces somebody, he may or may not use the F word. That's booking. That's what I would like to see. News! I'm going to keep this sports discussion brief, but it does bear mentioning that all of my dreams are coming true. I made the point on this podcast a few weeks ago that I have had a premonition, a vision in the mist uh, in which it spoke clearly to me that the following things would happen. Patriots would lose in the playoffs, therefore breaking a record era of dominance. Tom Brady would leave the Patriots, leaving all of Boston and the greater Massachusetts area, as well as much of New England, in shocked, sullen sadness. But of course, since the Boston sports media cannot have anything nice, they will not revere St. Brady. No, they will instead turn on him because he will not be the person that gave them joy, but rather the person that caused them pain. This is the kind of thin skin behavior that you find from environs that are so buried in snow and self-loathing that they can't handle things correctly. For example, Tom Brady, that might have been his last game at Gillette Stadium. Might have retired, might leave somewhere else. But either way, he threw a pick six. That was his last pass in the game. They lost to the Tennessee Titans. And what did that crowd do? I mean, one might imagine that they would chant, Brady, Brady, Brady. Because whether or not that was his last moment, in a moment of inflection, when he was... At that moment, for all intents and purposes, a free agent, the crowd might want to let him know that he's their guy. 
that even as he screwed up, there is patience, there is hope, there is honor amongst the Patriots fan base. They didn't. They let him just kind of trot off and stun silence. Because all they care about is what's next. What's now? What have you done for me lately? Which is why, and the premonition said this, Tom Brady leaves, and at that point, the Boston sports media starts tearing into him. We find out that Tom Brady indeed had a trail of HGHUs, and his reputation comes unglued, piece by piece, Lance Armstrong style. Well, at least we took our first step into a bright, beautiful, promising world on Saturday. And finally, news from the world of pornography. Girls Do Porn has had to pay millions of dollars in damages for coercing women into doing porn. State judge has tentatively awarded more than $12.7 million to 22 women suing the porn production company Girls Do Porn today, writes Samantha Cole of Motherboard on Vice.com. Quote, Ed Chaplin, lead trial counsel following the ruling, the outcome is a vindication for many courageous women victimized by Girls Do Porn, a fraudulent and reprehensible enterprise that thrived on manipulating inexperienced young women. So here's the big thing. They flew these girls out without signing a contract beforehand, then threw a contract in front of their face, and many of them had been drinking or doing drugs before they signed it. That's dirty pool. Like, at the very least, you should be e-signing that contract before you get on the flight out to shoot some porn. Like, that's that's a bad that, that that's a bad move. And I I I agree with this uh uh judgment. That is that is just a bad Bad idea. Says Judge Kevin Enright, defendants take considerable calculated steps to falsely assure prospective models that their videos will never be posted online, come to light in the United States, or by seen by anyone whom they might know. Now, the lies... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people for whom have been lied to about you know, where porn is going to go. The, the, the real barrier here is you should get a contract and you should be able to show it to a lawyer. That's the biggest thing. Because anybody who's got a contract thrown at them at the last minute, you got to really think about it. Especially if it's something like porn. I mean, for a million different reasons, cultural and commercial. You need to make sure you have as much control over that as possible. You got to extract as much cash as possible. You have to know exactly where this kind of stuff is going. Quote John O'Brien, an attorney who represented the plaintiffs, the defendant's contact, uh, conduct before and during this trial was despicable. This case should be a call to lawmakers to enact protective laws preventing this type of exploitation rather than relying on lawsuits such as this to provide justice to victims. And I agree with that. 
I think there should be frameworks for a certain for, for for this kind of stuff, and I think it should be specific to adult entertainment. Problem is, it'll never happen because nobody wants to be the the the, the porn lawmaker. <laughs> Now is the time. JerryDaily at gmail.com. JerryDaily at gmail.com. We'll do email every single episode for the rest of the week. RJ writes, so I thought I'd vent on something real quick that makes me sound like an asshole to people. Maybe they're not wrong. What do you think? I hate this new thing that's been happening where people pay for the Starbucks order of the car behind them. The people who do this think that they're doing some kind of major act of charity and then driving drive off thinking they're all saints. But if that BMW behind you can afford Starbucks, then do they really need your help? If you're going to do that, pay the grocery bill for the person behind you or the utility bill of the single mom next door. The $9 you dropped off for Karen's latte could have gone a hell of a lot further at a homeless shelter. Yet I've seen so many people, even just middle class people, think that the idea of giving to an actual charity is foolish because the beneficiaries are undeserving or it's outside of their budget. If anyone wants to call me jaded or lack a sense of charity, I literally founded a charity. All right, RJ. So I I, I think I'm, I'm going to semantically disagree with you here. I've always viewed that of like pay for the order. Uh as more of a spontaneous act of kindness kind of thing. Like just, oh, if if I could do a thing that made 10 people guaranteed just in a good mood for the beginning of their day, is that worth it? And that's just, uh, it, it kind of was just like, like an extreme version of saying, hey, I love that shirt. You look good. Something like that, right? I also don't really get the economics of saying I'm going to pay for the person behind me. I guess if everybody already has the order, then then they can tell you what the other person got. I think the better version of that is just like dropping a 20, 50, 100 spot, like a $100 bill or something at the window and just say, all right, for as much as what goes on behind me, eat up that money. That that's for everybody else behind me as far as it stretches. That that's what I've seen more of it. But but I don't view it necessarily as a charity. That's just like that that's a little thing. That's just a, a little, hey everybody, uh uh isn't this nice? The other thing I think that people respond to about it is that it's totally within their own grasp. You know, all you have to do is trust the Starbucks guy that he's going to pay for that and not just run it himself. But if you're on a credit card, then you can see what you paid. Whereas charities, there is a disconnect. Whether or not they're well-run charities, there's a disconnect between when my money goes into the charity and where it comes out. And we've heard horror stories of the money not going where it should and stuff like that. This is all to explain the fact that I think that they're different things. But also, I think we need to get over the the, the, the charity thing. 
But also charities need to be a little bit more upfront. Uh, I can't really go into being around certain charities, but let me just say that some of the people that work at nonprofits, boy, are they happy that there's a world in which not making a profit is a good thing because, oh my God, are they bad at money. I would like to thank our producers, the Gen Nonspecific, Rock and Roll Martian, Steven, Will, James, the OG Brito, Will, and Chris. Of course, folks, you can always email me, jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord, bit.ly slash jurydiscord. Until tomorrow, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying, please don't Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>